What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are here on a Thursday, not like last week. We are back with some fantasy stuff. We're going to run through our rosters, uh, some last-minute alarm bells going off. We were changing them left, right, and center. You know what? We we hit last week. We hit last week because Ray Perkin has been dominating in the the CFP fantasy. Absolutely mauling everybody. Ray, like, if you're going to do that, at least just, like, DM me some picks, buddy. Come on. Yeah, come on. Not... (laughs) um no uh, i i'm excited for this week I, I need a big rebound in wade's wages too but that will be uh coming out as well later on today uh when we look at this cfp fantasy though let's just dive right into it uh want to so just dive news, right into it yeah i guess we'll, we'll hit some news off the top we might as well uh the rough riders had to cancel practice weird covid outbreak going through the team right now uh but that's okay it will get played just kind of uh, licking their wounds, maybe a bit, a bit after the uh, touchdown Atlantic debacles. But uh, all right. Other than that, I think uh, we're pretty good for news. I think that's yeah, um, yeah. Fantasy stuff. Let's talk some CFL fantasy football because I can't broach anything you just said. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Zach Calaris, that quarterback this week for me. Who are you going with? Zach Calaris as well. Yeah, it's a good matchup. I mean, it's a good matchup. Nathan Rourke is just thirteen. Like, that's that's a little bit. But he is with a bye. I'm gonna try and fit him in here. You gonna try okay. to shave it in? Okay. Yeah. Well, while you try to budget, would you like me to run through the rest of my roster? Yes, please. Because while I'm not going with Nathan Rourke, I did decide to go. Uh, a little bit BC heavy this week. So let me kind of explain that and why. Uh, so, yeah, Zach Laros, a quarterback for uh, 92.15. At my running back spot, again, that extra, what, $4,000 I'm not spending up on, on Nathan Rourke. I get to save a little bit here. Uh, so I'm going to go with one of his best friends in James Butler. Fair price for a running back this week. I mean, I, I think he was the highest running back. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I, I like what he does. He does so much. He catches runs. He's going to get looks around the goal line. So opportunity there for some good like fantasy point stuff. Walter Fletcher out of Montreal. I took just not just, but I had to do some budgeting, but I also think with, you know, he's a, he's a fair price point and I think there's opportunity. I'm not going to say like he's, like guaranteed production or whatever. I think I just think there's an opportunity here for him. You look at what he's done. He's been getting more like worked in, I guess, to the um, sorry. He's been getting more involved in, in the Montreal offensive scheme. Uh, and again, just another guy that runs well, catches well, can do different things, which is always, always valued in the CFL um, valued. I stuttered over that word pretty good, but uh, next one, my wide receivers, Dominique Rhymes again with some of that money that I was not spending on Nathan Rourke this week as much as I really wanted to throw a little bit of extra cash around at Dominic Rhymes. Four touchdowns on the season already, chunky yards. He's got a touchdown a game basically at this point. Four touchdowns, four games. Um, yeah, hard not to like this guy. And Nathan Rourke seems to as well. Um, I can't, if I'm going to not put one of my guys on this list being Dalton Schoen, I got to go back to another. Keon Hatcher, come on, come on. Uh, and then rounding out my roster, kind of like 
collectively our guy this year, safe to say, or, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but Reggie White Jr., just like what he does, get some opportunities. Um, I, I think collectively our guy is Geno Lewis, but another Alouette receiver we like. Uh, Reggie White. Okay. Um, I have a bit of a different <clears throat> makeup this week. Uh, I had to scrap so much cash together for this one. <laughs> Did you end up squeezing in Nathan Rourke? I have. I and have. first, grade me out here. What would you give that roster? Your roster, uh, you got a lot of value in there. I mean, your guy, Keon Hatcher, Reggie White, are really good value options. Uh, I actually also have Walter Fletcher as my lone running back this week. Lone running back? You're lone going running back. back. You will hear why. Okay. Good okay, segue. so we're starting out with Kid Canada. We have paid the 13000 freaking dollars for him to come off a buy at home against the Hamilton Ticats, who, you know, Got pushed to the limit, pushed to the brink against the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks and their backup quarterback, Caleb Evans. So we are going to see what Kid Canada has in store in the Battle of the Cats. Uh, Walter Fletcher, like I mentioned, he's actually kind of assumed the workload. I know it's kind of unfair for Jeshurn Antwi. Like, he had a pretty good uh, like welcome in, but since he had that 100-yard game, he hasn't eclipsed 50 yards. Yeah, he ripped so, off that that long seventy yarder at the uh, start of the season. Everybody like every so fantasy yeah, if player you take was that like, out, wow, but yeah, if you take that out of his rushing, he has thirty four for uh, two hundred and like forty eight yards or something like that. So like he is not moving the ball very much outside of that one seventy yard carry. Uh, so Walter Fletcher just kind of providing that extra option for them. Uh, Josh still getting some carries, still getting some time in the backfield, but I think Fletcher is kind of assuming that until Williams stand back returns. So that's it for my running backs. Uh, let's go receivers. KSB. We're, we're going, we're going KSB at this point, like seven K he's a, he's valued at a mid-level receiver, but the guy's getting seven, seven catches, three, seven, eight, three. So touchdowns galore too he also gets some rushing uh opportunities they use him on some jet sweep options so i'm going with ksb next i'm with jalen acklin fit him into there uh 100 yards last week and a touchdown against his former team i think they keep it going against montreal uh because we all saw what kenny lawler was able to do last week as a top performer in the cfl then i'm gonna go with carlton agadosi okay here's 2500 connor talked me into it the size of Agadosi in the red zone is just too much of a lure for me, uh, especially if Greg Ellingson is kind of limited in practice like he was yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, Agadosi could get some of those extra targets. And I mean, when you moss someone twice in the end zone, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go and pick you in fantasy. Uh, and then because I have just one running back, I have slotted in a defense. The back-to-back Gray Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. Uh, I'm going with them against uh, against Edmonton. Uh, they actually cost less money uh, than every starting running back and the majority of backups. Uh, the only ones that they are ahead of are Daniel Adebayo and Johnny Augustine. So uh, you either get a backup running back or you can have Willie Jefferson 
I'm going to kind of lean towards Willie Jefferson in that one. So there's my roster. Uh, Kid Canada has returned to the helm to take me back to the promised land. I like it. I like it. Pretty solid it's, options in there. I'm surprised at the one back thing, but it makes it makes sense. I mean, like here's outside my thing. of like either, a Jamal Morrow and a James Butler who are expensive, who do you want? I so here's my thing is I either go two running backs or I go one running back, one defense. Yeah. Like I, I I always flip that extra spot because to me it's just not worth it to pay someone so little. Um that being said, I took receiver at 2500 and still only had like I think a few hundred dollars left. Or no, I had the thousand fifteen hundred left. So can't really uh say I didn't try to spend all my money. Squeezed it. Nathan Rourke squeezed a lot out of you there. Thirteen thousand dollars. Goodness. Greedy yeah, guy. But it's Kid Canada. <laughs> so we I'm uh, sure the actual Nathan Rourke is not greedy, but fantasy Nathan Rourke. Come on, dude, you're getting up there. <laughs> True. Uh, when we look at the uh, at U Sports, though, because I'm, I'm going to take us on a wild tangent. We have KSB. We have uh, guys like Jeshurun Antwi who had held that starting spot. We're seeing a lot of guys like Cyril Hogan Sandal, who started and played all last week, come in and make that immediate impact. And part of that is because the level of U Sports is raising up overall. But a part of that is because certain programs are kind of taking over and moving on to that next level. Uh, and as we look at the NCAA, we wanted to do this last week before we couldn't record. Uh, as we look at the NCAA with conference realignment, where it's kind of like a, okay, yeah, the Big Ten used to be like Northeastern schools. Then all of a sudden they included USC, UCLA. Okay, give me a second here. Give me one second here. UCLA and USC are not ready for Big Ten football. They're not ready They're for not. Minnesota to have three fullbacks and one Rogers. Do you think a California eight. kid who's never seen snow in his entire life is going to get to Ohio State in November in the cold, in the snow, and be able to deal with that crowd, that noise? I'm not an Ohio State fan, but – that stadium in that setting with those fans, it's freaking hard to play in. Ask Michigan. I thousand mean, some odd days without a win. I don't want to say it, but CJ Stroud is actually from Rancho Cucamonga in California. I, <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm not referencing It's different that. when you live up there. It's different That's what when I mean. you live up there. He's yeah, acclimated. He is playing there. They're playing in California. Fumbles hit different in the cold, man. They do. Helmets feel different in the cold. And when you get to play against that all the time, you know what to prepare for week in and week out. But when you get to go home and practice in 23 degrees, shorts on, it's a, it's a little bit different. Plus, have they ever seen a fullback before in their life? Are they going to know what to do when they line up against the eye form? When you see a true eye formation? Man, it, it's different football. Say- Okay, but back to our initial uh, I just had thought to, process here. Yeah, I just had to go there for a second. Yeah, but think of also the money that the Big Ten is now going to bring in. Absolutely, and that's totally what it was. And USC is going to get that portion yeah. because they're forming this conference instead of being the only ones carrying the Pac-12 
Pretty don't get me wrong. Deal. I'm I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. And USC has some dogs, and like the quarterback that they brought in looks very exciting. But <laughs> Caleb Williams. Okay. Uh, okay, but you sports wise, if there was to be some kind of realignment, would it be conference reshaping or would it be tiering of the country into the haves and have-nots? Because this, to me, is where the real divide is in U sports. And potentially, if we did a tiers where we had the haves and have-nots, the haves could get a full-time TV deal where they could be displayed and bring more money to that. And you have a relegation in there. That would be my, my caveat. So you weren't just trapped in tier one or tier two, depending on your year. But the schools that want to compete and want to spend the money to play against the best of the best can be in that top group. I don't, what, what are your thoughts? Realignment or tiering? I don't know. It's a tough question. Uh, there's a lot of variables in there too, because like when, when we start breaking it down and start getting into it, if you divide it too much and there is a clear cut, these are the best four schools and everybody else doesn't matter. Yeah. That's great for those schools. They can get those TV deals and everything like that, which I'm all for Mark. Like we need to market U sports and get those types of deals anyways. And the only way to do that is through, you know, spending money and building programs and such, but I'm scared of eliminating programs altogether. That's my worry. Like I, just, I want U sports football to keep growing I just don't want to create some super conference where you get as interesting as it would be to have Laval, Montreal, McMaster, Western, Saskatchewan, Calgary in a quote unquote power conference. I just don't know what that would do for the rest of you sports football, because yeah, you're taking that power conference and those are the best six teams, seven teams, whatever it's going to be, however you're going to work that out, eight teams. I think it would have to be six probably, but let's call it like power six. You take the best six teams. What does that do for Acadia? Because if Acadia is not in a power six school or whatever, or not even just Acadia, but across the AUS, what does that do for them? How are they going to recruit? Like, what is the, what's the marketing there when all of their best talent can then just say, well, no, I want to go play at one of, you know, a Quebec, Ontario western school you know what i mean like i i hear you on that but for me if you're trying to develop the u sports to a pro to a point where you get uh a true tv deal and true popularity across the country it may have to be a i'm sorry but you guys don't draw enough and maybe we do have one aus school that gets in there because they've gone on a tear recently but we don't have a team that's truly dominant out there right connor like it's like the nfc east there's a new winner every year it seems for like even uh with acadia like they they were on that tear with hunter gennard and then all of a sudden those guys left and it's okay well our team's back to square one like there's no consistency where you see a western lose a Chris Merchant. All of a sudden, oh, here comes Ethan Hillock and he's going to lead us to a Vandier Cup first year. So uh, I, I think with the lack of continuity out East, it's tough to kind of put them in that top tier. I, I think, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think another way we can break it down and look at it too is like, are teams like willing to travel 
are teams willing? What teams, what six teams are willing to get on a plane and form a conference? What teams Who can is afford willing it? to shell that money out? But I think that would be where you hope and a if TV you, deal comes and, in. Yeah, because if and, you have that TV deal, you could offset those costs. I know the, the Can West schools already fly place to place, but the Ontario schools certainly do not. Uh, they that's bus what I mean. from like, Ottawa is, to Windsor. So. Is a Western willing to fly to Saskatchewan? Are they willing to fly to Laval? That's a long bus trip. You don't necessarily need to fly to Laval, but I mean, if you have six schools that are willing to, to shell out money, fly, form a conference, I mean, sure, you have the means. If we're going to allow that to happen, then yeah, why not? And I think it would be great. And I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Then I think we, if we were going to allow that to happen, we'd need to look at some some realignment. I think because then, I think it would come with that too. If you did the tier one, tier two, you would have to realign the tier two into be like an east and west. Well, much like with, I'm going to use the example of like Ottawa women's soccer. So they play in the RSEC and Ottawa women's rugby. They play in the RSEC, um, which is totally doable. It's a bus ride. So I think a lot of the eastern half of Ontario, Queens, Ottawa, Carleton they totally could play and form cross-conference with at least Quebec. And then if if you're willing to fly to the AUS, why not get Nicadia or St. Effects in the mix and have, you know, Queens, Ottawa, Carleton, X, Concordia, McGill? Mm-hmm. Uh Okay, so if you were to divide it then into a conference realignment, what would you change? Would you do away with the AUS and just make it three conferences and go West, Ontario, and East? And whoever has the best record slash resume out of the three of them gets a bye to the Vanier Cup? Or would you? Ha- how would you do that? No volume. It's tough because we were there, right? A little bit. We tried that. And then certain schools changed conferences because they were getting mashed on by the Quebec teams. And it just, it's t- it's so realigning conferences and, and doing it. It, it sucks. Territorially some left, is hard. Some people are left out. I think the way you have to do it is tiers. You have like, to look at strength of schedule. I don't know. I, th- I think... Like, if the AUS joined the RSEC, you'd get two 11-team conferences. Or, like, an 11 and a 10-team conference. And then you'd have Can West with six. So is then is it really fair for Can West to have six teams fighting for a spot in the national semifinal when there's 11 slugging out in other spots? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer here is. I'm asking you what your opinion is. I don't know. What's right to me is to keep it the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't want to mess with you sports. Because it it creates a balance across the country where you have to fight with schools in your respective regions to get to that next level, especially at a football standpoint. Uh, but in terms of creating TV revenue, advertising revenue, having the four conferences – almost kind of dilutes it to a point where nobody in the West coast is going to want to watch 
the East Coast play. But if it was a big matchup, like say uh, Calgary had to play against the Western in week three of the regular season, that might draw a bigger viewership than when you just see, oh, Western's got to play U of T in week three. Not many people are going to tune into that because, sorry for my alma mater, but we all know the the results when U of T matches up with Western. Uh, it's not great in recent years. And by recent, I mean like 15, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much a story for most schools against Western. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean... I certainly took, took a fair share of 70-somethings. Yeah, it's, uh, but for me, like to realign the schools, I, I would want to see it almost tiered. Yeah, because you, that's, I that's think the best hope. I think you would have to have that, that power six conference we were talking about and then just having everything fall into place after that. Well, what was it during the COVID year where they had, uh, they were going to do that show, right? Yeah, it was the, uh, the, the top two from every conference except the AUS. It was SAS, Calgary, Western, Mac, uh, Montreal and Laval. Those were the six that were going to go. Yeah. And it was like, wow, the AUS isn't included in that. No, not really, because we value the second place finishers in every conference above them. Okay. Uh, so how do we do that? Like, do we add an eighth team and go instead of McMaster because they went 500 last year? Do we say you get a Western Calgary Sask? Uh, do we throw Queens in there to get the Eastern Ontario representation and then say uh, Laval, Montreal, Acadia, and the eighth spot is up for grabs, whoever finishes at the top of tier two the next year. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, almost how you have like to that. work it out. Yeah, it, it would be. But I, I think I would like to see that like showcase idea come back, not necessarily in the form of a conference, but I thought that was – an interesting idea. Yeah. Like I, the only in a perfect world, the finances don't matter. We could say, yeah, let's do this. But for a team like Saskatchewan to book four flights where you have to go to Montreal, to Laval, to Acadia and to Queens, like that's two flights to Montreal, one flight to Ottawa and a flight to, Halifax and you have to bus for three of those games a distance to get to that other stadium. So it's kind of like a, geez, that's a lot of expended expenses to cover off. Yeah, no, it is. It, when you, and when you start to realistically think about it and budget it out, it gets harder and harder and harder, which is I think why we haven't seen it up to this point yet. Like, I don't think it's a, a, a new thought by any stretch of the means, but like, it's just, tough to make it work out with i mean let's be real we're not pulling in nbc level money we're not pulling in abc or fox or whatever right so it's tougher and tougher for these schools to generate revenue which makes it harder to fly and get across the country and all all those sorts of things but yeah and, and like to that point too like if you're and i no disrespect but like if you're guelph or windsor like or sorry, not Guelph, if you're York or Windsor, do you really want to fly around the country just to still go one and seven, oh and eight, two and six? Like, 
Or would you rather just do that and bus everywhere? Yeah, I could. Oh, such a touchy. It's hard to convince you, a you school that doesn't have a winning record to fly. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, and it's so hard because like you don't want to trash on these schools, but it's a reality. Like U of T just went what 500, and it was the first time they've been in the playoffs since 1998, 97, I think. Um, like that's. But that's now, a tough the other thing to convince Beth Ali to be like, hey, by the way, you're in tier two. You have to fly to UBC and to SMU or X but, in the same season. Like you literally yeah. have to fly two opposite. If you're doing SMU and X in the same season, though, you're making it a road trip for sure. SMU and X, yeah, yeah, you're you, staying, you're staying, in but then you're but taking students, like, you, but then you have to take students out of class for a week. We it's easy to, enough we to do remember. everything online. The nowadays, this day yes. age. nowadays, yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're if you're a University of Toronto and you think you legitimately can, like, if you're one of the 500 to one win better than 500 teams, and you legitimately think you can get out of conference. And You're go be the best team yeah. in the AUS. Why not? If you think you can legitimately go win championships by amalgamating somewhere and creating a new conference with Eastern Ontario in the AUS or Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec, why not? I I would like to see some form of crossover, more crossover at that in the regular season. Um, just because I think like playing just a, a conference schedule through and through, uh, it's so tough just to kind of get national exposure for the game. So maybe instead of realignment, Connor, we could do like what the U S does where we open up a couple weeks of cross conference play. Like you schedule a game, let's broker a deal uh, between Montreal and Sask because we had a, a hell of a national semifinal. Yeah. You know what? Let's sign up a deal to play each other for the next three years. Uh, we'll go home at home. Uh, or four years, two home, two away for each team. Yeah, and like I think you can even do that too, like kind of like how they do it in the NCAA, where you have, yes, you have your own conference games, but then you play out-of-conference games, and that record still matters, but the in-conference record matters a little bit more, and maybe the out-of-conference matters a little bit more for the U-Sports top, top 10, and maybe we can make that matter a little bit more in terms of playoff seating and things like that, like... I definitely think there's things that we can do within within conferences, have outside of conference games that still matter, are still regular season games, draw national attention to U Sports football, kind of like the because as much as we have the Canadian game, we love the Canadian game, the American system, not the American game, the American college system of generating money has proven to be pretty damn good. Is it criminal? Yes. Did they generate a lot of money? Yes. Did they also create the best video game on the face of the planet? Yes. Yes. So, so. <laughs> pretty good legacy to follow if you're trying to. And and it's tough because people are going to say, oh, well, you guys know that we're not drawing 100,000 fans like they do at the Horseshoe or the Big House or Happy Valley, whatever. Yeah, we get that. We know that it's not going to ever get to that scale. But if you had a TV partnership, instead of having year tv offer it for free in three of the four conferences like you're not you you can at least make some kind of a profit split it between the schools and provide an opportunity 
like all these schools take a plus at the end and, of the year. And and my thing too, like to bring it back to your crowd size, like a sellout 1000 is a lot more fun than a deadpan 50. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so true, man. Uh, Time for pickums, Connor. You got it out of last week. I yeah. did get out of them last week. So CFL.ca, weekly pickums. Uh, go play for yourself. They got a ton of other great games on there too. Um, what are we looking at here? Ottawa, uh, Montreal. <laughs> uh, I think Ottawa's due for one. I think Caleb Evans has a bit better lights game. Lights the lamp. Not lights the lamp, but I think the interceptions that we saw him throw last week, like I think he's the type of guy that by now has watched the tape and been like, yeah, I probably like should checked it down or looked it off or progressed through my reads a little bit more. Like I'm just saying he has the veteranship to be able to watch the tape to, to kind of erase, not erase those, but correct and, and move on from. Right. So I don't know. It looked pretty good. I like, like the grit he brought. So. Uh, Hamilton, my, BC. Our guy, Nate too. Right. Come on. Come Get on. Canada next. Uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Clairhouse. Yeah, and uh, Sask Toronto, if it's not postponed or even it's played like a couple days later because it's on a Saturday, so. Yeah, interesting one. I, I, I'm actually like really, really looking forward to to this game. Although I don't know if it'll be as gritty. It might be a little bit grittier the next time these, these two teams meet up. But, True. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Sask or no, Toronto, back to back. Okay. Also, gonna... wait, hold up. I got to say this. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if anybody really saw this, but I saw this today. And my Lord, hell of a read. Uh, Argonauts.ca, Toronto's website. There's a story about Macbeth's father, not McLeod Bethel Thompson. His I saw father. something about that. I think Mike Hogan tweeted it out. I, did, oh I was at my work, gosh. I see it. Check out that article. Everybody needs to go check out that article. Because, the, oh, so interesting. So interesting. It was insane. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to rip through these quick. Ottawa, BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto. I'm going to follow you on that one. Stay tuned, though, for Wade's wagers because the lines could sway what teams I'm picking. Uh, Danny Machocha's 19 different penalties. I don't think that's going to fly when uh, everyone's chanting Mouchoir on you at, uh, at TD Place. So uh, if you guys want to check out the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech, head over to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP15, get 15% off nautical gear, coaching boards, merchandise. You know they've got whistles too. That and more, fox40shop.com, CFP15 gets you 15% off things like the Sonic Blast CMG. And I will say before we go, you guys know where to find us. This is more so for Ray than anybody else at this point, but at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, could appreciate oh, some fantasy advice. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I forgot to mention this. I was thinking the other day if it was possible and Marsh had an extra CFP hat stashed away somewhere, if someone other than Ray Perkin, because I don't want to ship it out to Ray Perkin. And that, no, I'm just kidding. If whoever wins the CFP fantasy, we may be able to swing together a little CFP, CFP like swag bag or something. Yeah, we can get that together. 
we'll yeah. try and get it together. We got to see how much we have left over, though. Uh, Marsh usually stacks up in the fall. Marsh said he was working on season. stuff. So, so uh, on new stuff. So we'll see what we can get going for the winner of the CFP fantasy. And with that, at CF Perspective on Twitter and Instagram. Catch you guys next week. Check my vital signs